I do not require validation from external factors. I love who I am right now and who I am becoming. I am rich with health, wealth, love, happiness, and joy. I am on a path where fear has no place. I am under divine pressure because I am birthing something great. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for tuning in to the second episode of There Is No Box podcast. I'm your host, Kiana Lynn, and today I have with me someone very dear to my heart. Not only is she a great friend of mine, but she is a wonderful artist. And by artist, I mean painter. Hello. And she's also one of the founders of Black Flare Clothing Line. So y'all give it up for her. Hey. Taylor, Taylor, so how you feeling today? Um, I honestly feel good. I'm really excited about your podcast and what you're trying to do here. I'm <laughs> really honored to be here, and I'm just glad that this is going on. <laughs> thank you, thank you. It means so much that you um, were so open to being on the show. The title of this show is There Is No Box Podcast, and I just feel like Every time I see a work of art of yours, it is completely out of the realms. And I knew I just had to have you on the show when I was making this podcast. There is no limits. There is no end. There is no beginning. So come on in. There is no box podcast. There is no box podcast. Where do you want to be? We saw a couple of affirmations from you at the beginning of the show. What does it mean to affirm yourself? Um, To affirm yourself, I feel like for me, it's confirming how you feel. It's mm-hmm. confirming what you want out of life. It's almost like you're writing a plan for yourself and you're sticking to it. Whether it's an emotional plan or something that you want to do later on in life or you're something that you're doing in your present time, you're confirming to yourself that it is going to happen. And whether it's happiness or whatever it is that you reach out for in life, that's confirmation that it's going to happen. And have you always been been into affirmations when did you start you know forming those affirmations for um, yourself honestly i probably say as i started to become more of an adult because you know at, when you're younger you don't really see things the way that they happen until you become older and then stuff starts to really form itself Ooh, so you know adulthood exactly <laughs> and so you go through things in life and those affirmations to me, as for someone who is also a religious person, it, it helps go through life, you know, confirming that things are going to be okay or that you're going to work on things and that it's not always just black and white. Absolutely. Absolutely. I feel like when we coast through this life, we have to be our own coach. You know, exactly. we have to, of course, with the help of God, I'm a religious woman, <laughs> but we have to really coach ourselves through this thing we call life. That is so true. That is so very true. And those affirmations, I feel like, also make you stronger in your confidence as well because when somebody it's different when you confirm it for yourself versus when somebody else confirms it because there's there's no bias it's just you know it's gonna happen so yeah (laughs) yes so okay we mentioned black flare um you're a co you're a co-founder of this uh company correct yes who's your other co-founder uh so the other co-founder is my sister um it started out as a sticker company we just designed stickers and then it turned into t-shirts and other things that's going on so yeah she me and my sister both co-founded this in 2020 okay Okay, so y'all sell stickers, t-shirts. Yes, Um, Um, more stuff is coming, mm -hmm. but mostly for the most part right now, it's stickers and t-shirts. Okay, we will definitely uh, plug that link into the uh, episode upload so you guys can 
go shop. Yes, um, I definitely got love. me one. It's very comfortable <laughs> and very fashionable. So uh, don't you. don't don't be sleeping. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so where did that name Black Flare come from? Um, honestly, my sister. It's funny because like. She was always, like, coming up with jazzy, like, sayings. And it's funny because, you know, when you have siblings, there's, like, this little telepathy thing you have. And so when she came up with it or she just, we were talking and having conversations, she just said that this, it would sound good as a company. And then we said, you know what, let's go for it. And we did. And so she came up with the name. And what it means is you're adding flair to your style, your everyday life, what you think and what you feel. And when you look good, you feel good. And so our mission is to bring good mantras and good vibes through bright colors. Because, you know, when you wear different colors, you attach that to your mood. And so that's why most of our colors are very vibrant and, you know, glowing (laughs) because it brings that type of atmosphere. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Black Flare is like, you know, it's a Black-owned business. Okay. And we're bringing (laughs) Flare. Right. And so we're bringing Flare to your everyday wear. You know, just a T-shirt. You can bring something in pop color and it's all good. I absolutely love the binge of, uh, I mean, not the binge, (laughs) the burst of Black-owned businesses lately. It is overwhelming. It's so inspiring to see. And I want to thank you for getting to that pool, too. Um, We definitely need more Black business owners. I'm sorry. (laughs) Y'all are so talented to design. Like, if you guys see the logo, it is so groovy. It is so fashionable. (laughs) So talented. You know, so if you talented out there and you know you got an idea, just do it. You know, just make it happen. Make it happen. We didn't expect for it to turn into what it is turning into now, but just the fact that it started out with just simply stickers. And then we said, okay, what would it look like on a t-shirt? And then boom. We're off and, you know, That's we're doing saying. that T-shirt thing. So it's it like right now is more than ever is a time to be a black owned a, a owner of a black owned business. Yes. You know what I mean? Like there's so much more support now. And so if any time right now is the time to get out and do what you need to do. Absolutely. <laughs> so you are a, a black woman in America. <laughs> um, you know, how does that look to you? How does that feel to you? Honestly, let me start off by saying this. I'm very, very proud to be a black woman. Um, It's like a badge of honor, you know what I mean? Like, there's, there's no other feeling to just be black, but then also be a woman, because I feel like there's so much pressure to be put on women nowadays. And so it's like, I feel like, it, to me, just being a black woman just brings, just saying that I'm a black woman is confidence in itself. <laughs> Absolutely. You know what I mean? So right now, I also feel like it's a, it's also a double-edged sword, for lack of words, because of what we go through as black women. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's like, that's so biased, we're just gonna yeah, leave it in the like- corner. Yeah. <laughs> You know, but um, as far as, like, how I truly, truly feel, I am very proud and honored to be a Black woman. Absolutely. I can't put into words enough uh, how proud I feel as well to be a Black woman in America. With that, I think we just got to bond together, us as Black women, you know, support each other, uplift each other. So I wanted to start off with the affirmations because Mm -hmm. we need to start saying these things to ourselves and to one another, you know? That's true. That's definitely true. It strengthens the bond, especially, you know, as black women. Mm -hmm. I feel like we also, that support needs to be there stronger than ever, especially nowadays. You know what I mean? So it's like those affirmations do help. And then when you say them to yourself, it gives you confidence to say it to another sister. And then, you know, it's off from there. So, yeah. (laughs) All righty. So when did you discover that you were a painter, you Mm -hmm. were an artist, and that, you know, painting was your 
your thing, your purpose? Um, as like just as a creative, mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to draw like from a very very early age. Like when I was little, I used to get in trouble for drawing on the walls, <laughs> couches. You know, surprisingly, my mom was just like, "Okay, this is gonna turn into something, so I'm not gonna kill you." Thanks, but, mom, for right, the patience. Right. Shout out to moms, you know. So, but my mom, like ever since I was little and could hold a pencil, my mom has always been buying me markers, paints, like just pretty much. Anything that you can, any medium that you can create with my mom has always been the person to buy that for me. And I'm very thankful for that. But going through high school, I wanted to be a graphic designer. And so I was, that was my very first love, was graphic designing. Ah. And so I went through school, like high school, I was in graphic designing classes and things like that and started my college career as a graphic designer. But at the root of it, it's still drawing and painting. And so... I would say when I finally decided to be a painter, per se, um, like I said, I've always been an artist my whole life. But to be a painter, I really didn't discover that until, I want to say, my sophomore year in college. Mm. So I was kind of already an adult before I started figuring out that I wanted to be a painter. And when I started painting and got out of that fear of using wet mediums, because throughout my whole time of me knowing I was an artist, I always used pencils, dry mediums. And so then when I got into college, that's when I started to like wet mediums and painting. And that's when I said, okay, I'm a so painter. So you were a sophomore in college when you first start taking painting seriously. Mm-hmm. So you're telling me <laughs> that like literally less than five years ago, I'm yes. guessing, yes. you started painting yes. and we get what we saw today yes. in today's time. Yes. <laughs> that blows yeah. my mind. Yeah. That it means like looking at this painting it just shows you where this was what you're meant for yeah just, it definitely feels like home <laughs> i don't i mean i don't want to underestimate myself but i'm just saying if i was painting for just a couple of years i don't think i could reach this level like, <laughs> thank you thank you yeah bro, definitely, that's crazy it was a root of just being a creative period i think is what like led me to painting because i was honestly it's funny that now i talk about it because i was terrified of paint for a long time. Mm. I used to draw with graphite pencils, charcoal, like pastels, whatever I could get that was like a form of a pencil. Never touch paints. And why were you afraid? I don't know. I guess it's just the way that the medium moves is different. You know what I mean? Like painting is is a whole different monster. It's kind of like with watercolor. Watercolor is totally different too. So you have to, it's, it's like a learning, like a stepping stone. Mm-hmm. Is it because it's more of like a, a permanent step? Yeah, okay. it seems more permanent mm-hmm. to me when you paint versus like you're using graphite, you can just erase it. Mm-hmm. But like with paint, you really have to like, honestly, like you don't have to envision it per se, but like you do have to spend more time learning that type of medium. Wow, that is, that's crazy. Um, so was your mother or your father into painting or anyone in your family into visual arts? Um, not that I know of. I just think talent-wise, my mom is probably what instilled that in me and my mm-hmm. sister because she plays piano. And when I was younger, I was also playing piano. And my sister is musically inclined too. But my sister took more of a route of singing. And then I just settled into drawing. But like me, my mom, and my sister have always been like artsy, artsy and talented. <laughs> <Our> exactly, <sisters. laughs> exactly. <laughs> We've always been somewhere in the arts. You know what I mean? That's so what's up. yeah, That's it definitely really came from up. my mom's side. <laughs> okay, okay. Do you title your paints at all? Sometimes I do. Okay, is this yeah. your title? This one, yes. It's called Virtue. Oh, virtue. Okay. Yes. Tell me more about that. Um, I named it Virtue, as you can see the the white scarf. Um, to me, it just the way that she's turned around. Because when you think of a virtuous woman, you think of a woman who is 
Like, you know, she's covered and like, you know, she's very like modest and it's a very closed off and conservative type of mentality when it comes to being a virtuous woman. When you talk to a woman about being a virtuous woman, it's very like by the book, like you're not supposed to do this, you're not supposed to do that. But I also did the opposite by showing skin and showing her back because I wanted to show that juxtaposition of mm. the word virtue and how you perceive virtue and then just I wanted this piece to be very like dainty and feminine as well, but I wanted to have a strong presence. And so that's where the flowers come in because I'm starting to notice as an artist myself, I love floral like elements in my pieces, especially with portraits. But this is one of the first portraits that I've had that doesn't have a face. Wow. So there's it's a lot more different, you know, meanings to why I called it virtue. The more that you layered that for me, the more <laughs> I can see that. Thank that you. that's amazing. Thank you. That's amazing. I wanted it to be something that people can interpret for themselves, like, you know, because like when you see a portrait, it's a face, you know, and whether it's recognizable or not. But I wanted you to really think about the, the word virtue and what it means and all of these elements in this piece and what they mean to you. That's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Thank so you. So is art your full-time gig? Um, At the moment, it is not. But I do plan on it being something that mm. is a full-time gig because I know we had talked about how to balance jobs and your dream mm -hmm. and what that means and how that, you know, works. The term starving artist is a very, <laughs> very real term. Yes, it is. <laughs> so anyone who's a creative understands that starving artists, regardless of what your medium is, whether it's music, you know, murals, like, you know, um, editing, whatever the case may be, photography, it is a very real term. And so, but I also feel like with that term starving artist, it depends on the artist. You know what I mean? Because, like, I feel like you could either starve or you could eat. Exactly. You know? You have to have that different type of perspective. Exactly. <laughs> swim or us. Exactly. Swim or drown. Exactly. Because there's a lot of really good artists out here that just haven't found that, like, balance of, okay, do I work for the rest of my life or do I really push myself to continue to work on that dream to where I am sitting comfortable? But, I mean, obviously, in a world, you do have to pay bills. You do have to eat. Okay. And so <laughs> you, you have to learn. On. Right. I'm learning that with the job and stuff, I, with my job, I work in time to do my art. So, like, no matter what happens, I'm not letting my craft go. Absolutely. I was actually about to ask you, like, mm -hmm. what are the struggles and triumphs mm -hmm. of uh Clicking that on and off switch for your art. You learn how to really decide whether or not you want it to be a full-time gig. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes when you turn your dream into a full-time thing, it becomes a job. And you can easily be, feel like, okay, I don't want to do this anymore. Because it's not a dream anymore. It's a, it's a nine to five grind. You know what I mean? And once you, because you know, anytime you turn something into a job and you're making money, it becomes a job. And a job has a lot of negative connotations. Okay, look, I'm gonna be honest with you. And you people need to be honest with yourself. I don't wanna work, you don't wanna work. We all wanna do something that we love. Exactly. Even if that is work, I understand people love their jobs. Yes. But you want to love what you do. Yes. Re regardless if you're doing your art full time or you're doing some type of stuff that's in science. I don't know. Um, but it's something, but flipping that switch on and off, like it. it it becomes easier once you decide whether or not it's your passion. And for me, painting will always be my passion. I used to always tell my mother, no matter, I could be under a bridge somewhere, but I'd still have a sketchbook <laughs> and a pencil. <laughs> just, just hand a sketchbook. 
sketchbook. Exactly. Yeah, I, I will right. be fine. Just whatever it is, just hand me a sketchbook and a pencil and I'm fine. You know what I mean? That's but what's up. That's it true does passion right there. That is true passion. <laughs> yes, it does get it does get challenging at times though. Hey, what's up guys? Thanks for tuning in to the second episode of There Is No Box Podcast with your host, Kiana Lynn. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at thereisnobox underscore podcast for all of the latest updates to stay connected, you know, all the razzle dazzle. <laughs> Anywho, let's get back to this bomb episode with our friend Taylor Watson. Alrighty, so what are some of the shows that you have displayed your art at? Um, my very first actual show was at a place called the Wright Twins Gallery. It's a Black-owned gallery. It's owned by two twin brothers, um, Prince and Preston, I believe is their names. I'm sorry, you guys, if I butchered <laughs> it. But they own um, a really nice gallery that they allow local artists. Um, you don't have to be a POC artist, but they do encourage a lot of POC artists to come out there and show their work. That was my first experience being able to put my work on a wall and allow people to come in and see it. It was great. And so having that was a great experience and now it also kind of catapulted me into this gallery that I'm at now where I'm working with this gentleman in Dallas to help him build his gallery from the bottom up. Okay, okay, that's what's up, that's what's up. And um, the gentleman, he's an actual artist too, right? Yes. Okay, okay. Yeah, his name is Randy Grodin. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been painting for a long time. He's a very well-known artist. Um, his pieces are very beautiful. Um, shout out to Randy. <laughs> shout out, Randy. <laughs> exactly, it's Randy, Randy Grodin Art Gallery. Um, it's off of Mississippi Avenue in Dallas. Go check it out. He's got some beautiful pieces. Um, oil, abstract, like honestly, it's an honor to be in his gallery and to soak up all of this information. So please go show him some love. Check out his pieces because he's a great artist and a great mentor. That's what's up. I'm pretty <laughs> sure Randy will appreciate that plug. That made me want to go look at his art. Hey. Yes, he's really so cool. So you brought up Dallas more than one occasion. Of course, that's where we're based. But mm-hmm. what, um, how is it to kind of be an artist in Dallas, like a, a painter at that? Mm-hmm. How would, how do you move? Honestly, movement is easy, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I mean, obviously getting yourself out there and marketing yourself can be a challenge, but it depends on how you look at the situation. If you immerse yourself in everything and every possibility, it's so inspirational to be an artist and a painter downtown and seeing other painters with murals. You see people painting murals, you see galleries, new galleries opening. Yesterday I visited the Bishop Arts District and I got to walk into a gallery that was being built and it had three different artists and it was all different artists from Walks like their work is just completely different but it's a community of people and then you look across the street and there's another gallery opening with different pieces in it and so being immersed in that type of environment is great and when you throw yourself it doesn't matter what level or caliber art you are it's just inspiration all around please go check out bishop arts district in my opinion i feel like that's a wonderful place to be if you're any type of artist especially if you are a person of color yes please check out the bishop arts district in Dallas, it's really cultured. Yes. It's very impressive. I will say Deep Ellum is more cultured, in mm-hmm, my opinion, same. when it comes to POC artists. Now, Bishop Arts District is a little bit different. The environment is different, but it's still, as a POC artist, regardless of whether you see the representation or not, still throw yourself in that atmosphere because if you don't, who will? Mm-hmm. You know what exactly. I mean? So, like, and that's another thing with me as an artist that I try to push for myself is that even if I don't feel like there's a lot of representation, I'm going to throw myself in that situation anyways because okay. I am the representation. You know what I you mean? You want to be the trendsetter. Exactly. Like, that's exactly. You want to be able to create spaces. If you don't see a space for POC artists and opportunities, then you create that space. 
Dang, yeah. that is what's up. <laughs> Thank you. I really want to show connection through my Afro roots. It's funny because I feel like as an African-American, we feel connected to African roots, but we don't quite know what that, where and what that connection is. And so through my portraiture, I want, or just my paintings in general, or my creative inspirations in general, I want to try to solidify whatever that connection is. So... Through my art, I like to tell like stories of like, okay, this is strength. Like my portraits of black women or black men, I want the pictures to be strength. I want to show confidence, whether it's what they're wearing, what elements I put in it. I want the viewer to know that this is nothing but confidence and black unapologetically. I can really see that through you as an artist. Thank like you. if I, someone asked me who is Taylor Watson as an artist, <laughs> you know, those are some of the pointers I would think of. You Thank know? you. I appreciate that. that. That means a lot to me because I feel like in the art world, like, we see a lot of Black art, but there's really not a lot of representation for Black artists. It's surprisingly. Surprisingly enough, there's not a lot of and representation. And being that it's so many of you guys, yes. I, I just don't understand. <laughs> exactly. It, it's, it, you see it and it feels good, but it's like you want, you want more, mm -hmm. more and more and more and more. And so with my work, I want to incorporate different elements of just the Black community, but also push more Afro roots. So whether that's Ankara prints or, you know, some type of texture that's African inspired. I want it to be African and Afro, African American. Because at the end of the day, I feel like we are all the same community. We just got to find that connection. And so Absolutely. that's what I want to do with my work. Mm -hmm. You showed me a while back you were doing some abstract pieces yes. too. And you really bridging those two worlds very well. It's hard. <laughs> like it's hard, but... It, but it's, it's a really good inspiring thing to do because, you know... When you create something that you never thought that you would do or you step into a, a type of art that you never thought that you would be interested in, it's a whole different world. And it's, it's a good feeling. Dang. <laughs> that is, like, so amazing. Like, <laughs> thank, you. thank you for putting me on to all of this. What advice would you uh, want to give to someone um, that is freshly graduated high school or just mm -hmm. now getting into painting and being an artist? What advice would you give? The only advice that I can give is advice that I'm learning from myself is... Do not be afraid to jump. Mm. Do not be afraid. And I know it's so cliche, but it, it, it it's mountains because <laughs> okay. when you're when you're trying to figure yourself out in your art, because everybody says, Oh, you need a niche, you need something, you need something that's gonna stand out. But sometimes you might not have something that's like, you know, just big and grandiose, right? But I feel like just do it. Create. Mm -hmm. If you force yourself to create, put yourself out there, try new ideas, you know, go to different places that you wouldn't think your art was because you'd be surprised all of the opportunities that you can come up on just going somewhere that you never thought you would go or trying something new. Like, for example, with painting, I never thought I would be painting. I always thought I was a drawing artist or a designer, but now here I am solely painting and I <laughs> love it. You know what I mean? So just whatever it is that you want to do, go for it. Just and take that leap. Take, take that, that leap. risk. Take that risk because, I mean, if, like I said before, if you want, who will? Okay. Like, who's going to do that for <laughs> exactly. your art? No exactly. one's going to make those investments and risks but yeah. you. I'm telling you, nobody can re represent you better than yourself. Absolutely. So, yeah. So at this moment of time, um, who is your most inspirational artist? Oh, I have two. Lay them out. <laughs> um, first of all, Kehinde Wiley. I love that man's work 
So and and he's very well known. He's painted for the Obamas. Like he's got a lot of pieces out um, right now in many different uh, galleries. But I got the the chance to see one of his works in um, I believe it was in Oklahoma. I got to see his pieces up front and in person. He has and, a set about like a gallery. Well, I think or? he did an exhibition. Oh, okay. Where he had some stuff up, and his work is where I want my work to be wow. at. It's beautiful, and like the way that he paints people. And these settings is just it's it's different. You know what I mean? And his work is just beautiful. And so I inspire to be who he is. You know what I mean? Because his, his you just got to look it up. Kehinde Wiley is probably no, not probably. He's one of the best painters. I've ever seen. <laughs> OK. Yes. And so I actually the way that I paint now, I try to get closer to his work because it's so clean and it's realistic. And he takes these pictures like of random black people and puts them in these settings like royalty. Like, he had a black man um, draped across, like, how Christ was draped across mm-hmm. when they, you know, put him in a tomb. He had a black man just draped out, like, the same way. And it was wow. beautiful. He's had people that you would just see in the neighborhood, how they were dressed, but they were on horses, like conquistadors. So it, his work and how it comes together is just amazing. And then Bisa Butler. Bisa Butler is, she's a portrait artist as well, but she does quilting. Okay. So she, it's a different medium, but it's the same concept. You know what I mean? And so her work is many different colors, many different textures, different types of fabrics, like different prints and everything. And she makes these beautiful portraits, whether they're old photos or new photos, but they're just gorgeous and they're all sewn together. Wow. So, yeah. (laughs) This is why I wanted to have you on the show. Like, I feel like I've grown a couple brain cells in this podcast, uh, learning about these different artists and, and like a lady that puts quilts together. A freaking, like, what? Yeah, her work is, her work is gorgeous. It's like portraits, but they're, quilted like she sews them and she uses these different colors and textures of fabric to bring out skin tones and and just it's it's just wild like I can't I can't I cannot physically explain to you how (laughs) beautiful her work exactly (laughs) like you have to be so butler you have to look her up because like she's also an inspiration for me and my portraiture and how I perceive my artwork so yes Kehinde Wiley and Bisa Butler. Bisa Butler. Okay, (laughs) absolutely. Well, I want to thank you so much again for coming on the show. I feel like you're such a vibrant light to not only my life, but thank you for adding that life and that spirituality and and dopeness to this episode. (laughs) Is there anything else you would like people to know before we leave out today? Uh, No, it was just, it was an honor to be on this podcast. I'm excited again. I can't tell you how excited I am for this podcast. There is no box podcast. Ain't no box. Tune in um, and shameless plug Taylor Watson underscore art is my Instagram and Taylor Watson um, art is my Facebook. And then there's Black Flare on Instagram and it's BLA dot CK Flare on Instagram. We do have a website. So if you want to go order some T-shirts, it's um, www.blackflare.store. Go show us some love. And, you know, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You're welcome, bro. (laughs) Thanks for being here. All right, y'all. We will see y'all next time. (laughs)